Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. We'd like to welcome today Tracy Tennant. And she's come all the way from Kansas. I think you hold our record right at the moment uh, for coming and visiting with us. And we mm-hmm. really appreciate you making the effort to come. And nice to have you. Thank you. And there's ex-Mormons all over the world. Are so there? You've met some there in Kansas, have you? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we'll have to get them to come over as well later sometime and, and visit with us. But uh, you were actually a, a young convert to the church, is that right? Yes. Tell, tell us about how that came about. Well, in junior high school, my best friend was LDS. Mm. And she kept asking me to come to... MIA back in the 70s. Your MIA was the young women, young men. And, right. Yeah. And I was like, well, what does that stand for? All I knew was the Vietnam War. MIA, <laughs> I want to go to some weird church meeting and come missing in action. <laughs> so I just kept saying, nah, I'm not really interested. Wow. But then she invited me to a dance oh. at the church, at yeah. the stake center. And I loved dancing. And I said, okay, I'll come. And I was hooked. Really? I mean, as soon as I went, I felt like I was coming home. I mean, just the sense of, uh, of community, of well-being. There were youth my age who, they didn't drink, they didn't smoke, they didn't swear. Wow. They had the same values that I had. Yeah. I was a dry Mormon and didn't even know it. <laughs> a dry Mormon. What were your parents? Are they, were they in, no. in a religion at all? No, my parents were, uh, well, they believed in God, but yeah. they weren't churchgoers. But they weren't upset then that you no. joined Mormonism? And no, my, my mother didn't really know much about the Mormon church. Yeah. And right away I said, I want to get baptized. And she said, honey, you need to wait <laughs> and just wait a little longer and see what it's like. And and I said, well, then my 14th birthday is coming up in a few months. I don't care if I get any presents. All I want is to be baptized wow. into the Mormon church. Okay. And so on so my, did that happen? Yeah, oh. on my 14th birthday. And the stake, the stake president rearranged the whole baptism schedule so, so that perfect. I could be spiritually reborn on the day of my physical birth. Oh, so, so, so you had a, a common birthday there, or yeah. a rebirth or something. So were you active in the church then, then mm-hmm. from 14 and on? And Yeah, just know? true blue LDS, <laughs> went to all the meetings, and uh, after a while... I really wanted to move to Utah because this was in Southern California. I was going to ask where this was, Southern California. Yeah, Canoga Park. And I just heard, you know, Happy Valley, Utah, (laughs) Zion there. I mean, my ward was so wonderful and the the people were so great. I thought, if this is what it's like in just, you know, the small ward, just think what it would be like to live in Utah where everybody's Mormon and everybody loves the Lord and everybody loves the church, you know. So I told my mom that it'd really be cool if we could move. And my dad ended up getting laid off, and they were ready for a change. So they moved, so, you all moved to so Utah. So we all moved to Utah, and uh, on, on our trip there, we stopped at the Riviera Apartments because that's where the Osmonds, they oh. owned 
Oh, the, in Provo? In Provo, yeah. and I walked into the office, and there was George Osmond <laughs> behind the desk, and he's like, may I help you? And I said, yes, we're just uh, coming here to Provo, and I don't know what ward to go to. Can you help me? And, and he oh said, my. well, why don't you come to our ward? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so he, he gave me the information for the Pleasant View Second Ward, and, and wow. I began attending the same ward as the Osmonds. Wow. Yeah. And... That was a good experience then? You was, found the same kind of culture and social well, yeah, as you no. had in California? It was different living at Utah. Mormons are different <laughs> than out in, you know, what as a Mormon we would call the mission field. Right. And I just noticed that there was a lot of complacency. People weren't living the not gospel. I mean, some of them were obviously. Not but as much enthusiasm. Not or. as much. And, you know, the, the kids who... I went to school with, I'd see them in class, Sunday school on Sunday, and they'd be all prim and proper, but at the high school and, the, you know. Not so much. Huh? Not so much. <laughs> so I really kind of got disillusioned with not the church, but just with just some the, people. the people. Why, you know, we've got the true church. Why aren't they taking it seriously? So when I was 16, I started going to Relief Society oh, just right. because I thought that, you know, all the other kids in the ward, they're kind too, of a little imm immature. too immature. Yeah, <laughs> you know? so you went to Relief Society. Yeah. Wow. Oh. So, so did, you felt like you had a testimony of the gospel? Oh, it sounds like you were really in mm -hmm. strong in it. And I really, I the believed Book of Mormon with all my heart. I, I mean, from day one, I read the Book of Mormon and just kept reading it over and over yeah. and over. And the thing is, my testimony, though, it was based on feelings, not real knowledge. You know, it yeah, felt right. Felt I right. thought it was right. And I hadn't had any other religious upbringing. So really I didn't, didn't have anything to compare it to. I didn't have know. anything to compare it to. And so when they said the church is true, I was like, well, yeah, I guess it, <laughs> of is. it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm getting these good feelings, and right. so it must be true. And oh, isn't it interesting how that. Anyway, so what happens after high school? or Did you well, take seminary and that I, kind of I stuff? I did. I yeah. loved seminary. And in Provo, uh, instead of having to go before school, they have release time. So oh, the high school would excuse you any period during the day right. to go across the street to the, to to the seminary, seminary building. building. Yeah. And I really, I just loved it. I, I got a lot out of it. I enjoyed it. But I, this was where I was kind of introduced to some doctrines that I'd never heard. Wow. And I can remember in, in one class, the teacher... Um, Brother Glazier said, was talking about how Jesus was conceived the same way that any other people are conceived. Any other human was conceived. Exactly, and, and he quoted from LDS sources, I mean, yeah. Brigham Young and other people. The 1971 uh, Family Home Evening Manual, in fact, Talk. has a lesson on that. And I, I went up after class and I said, are you saying what I think you're saying? And <laughs> He said, well, yes, Heavenly Father came down and had and a sexual had relationship, sexual relationship with, with Mary. And, you know, it's just something that uh, we don't talk about much. But, you know, and I, I left the class and I just, you know, quickly ended the conversation. And on my way out, I just bawled. I, I, I was so, I was devastated that the thought was repugnant, you know. And, and then I was thinking, well, what about Joseph? 
uh, Mary's husband. Mary's <laughs> husband, and it was like, well, he'll be given another wife because yeah. Mary is Heavenly Father's wife. And I just cried and cried and cried, and uh, how could this be possible? But by the end of the week, I, even though I still it was upsetting, yeah. I just reconciled the fact that you know the church is true, and whether I understand this or not, eventually I'll eventually I'll, come I'll comprehend it. it. So just don't think about it. I think that's the way a lot of Mormons deal with questions of an or questionable nature, right? Mm -hmm. They just uh, well I'll deal with it later. Right. I'll understand it later. And well, when you yeah. begin with the premise, but the, it's a false premise, but you begin with the premise that the church is true. So any information that comes from any other source, yeah. you have to fit it onto that foundation. Isn't that funny? And it doesn't always fit. And when right. it doesn't, well, I'll, I guess I'll it'll fit it will fit later. later. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So what happens after high school? And oh, until well, life and <laughs> uh, I really had my heart set on marrying Donny Osmond. Oh. And because I was a singer and loved music, and, and of course I love Donny. <laughs> and, uh, and I asked him for a date. Oh, you did? It, it was exciting. There was a girl's choice. Yeah. And, uh, and I asked him after church in the foyer one day, I said, hey, in a couple weeks, they're having a girl's choice dance. Would you be my partner and and he just gave me this big broad smile and said i would love to and i was so excited you know and he wow. said let me get your your contact information and as it gets closer we'll work out the details so it was just a couple weeks later um just bef a week before the dance he he called me and oh just apologized and said that his family was going on a tour and he couldn't make he it. He had to go with them. He had to go with them and so... So you were that close to I was Osmond. that close to being <laughs> Tracy Osmond, you know. <laughs> but I just decided I would have to settle for a mere mortal. Okay. And there was a huge family in the ward of 16 children. Oh my goodness. And one of them was a fantastic musician and I needed a piano player for a talent show that I was going to be in yeah. and somebody suggested uh, Scott and I asked him and anyway the rest is history. His sister you married? I ended up marrying him oh. and we raised ten children together. Wow ten children. Mm -hmm. Did you get married in the temple? Uh, or we sealed we got temple? married and then we were sealed a year later oh, in the okay. Provo Temple. Oh okay. Yeah. How was that experience? Well temple? it was it was different. I was excited about it of course yeah. And when I went to take out my endowments, I wanted to go to the Salt Lake Temple because I heard that they had live sessions with right. the live actors instead of the uh, video. And my in-laws had kind of prepared me. And my husband, he had gone, well, yeah, he had gone on a mission. So he kind of been, through, the temple, been yeah. through. And I mean, as much as they can say without crossing right. the line, they just said, well, you know, it, it's kind of different. And some people find it disturbing. <laughs> and uh, in fact, you know, we know some people who have never went back to the temple after the first time. So I was kind of mentally kind of prepared. prepared. I, I didn't quite know what to expect, but I knew that, <laughs> you know, well, but if the church is Could true, range then, from here to there in what... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and this was back when they had the... the yeah. <laughs> more of the Masonic oaths where they actually did pantomimes. Yeah. pantomimed, you know, Take, penalties, taking, taking of life, life and everything. Yeah. So uh, I, I went and, you know, they come to the part in the session where, where they say, if anyone for any reason wants to back out, you know, yeah. now's your chance. And I'm thinking, well, 
I didn't hear anything yet. You know, I, I can't leave now. I would first give me a choice. Let me know what it is that I'm turning up or turning down. But I went through and we were uh, sealed the yeah. next day in the Provo Temple okay. and just very active after that time. And you were active for many years after that, right? I mean, yes. You, where did you, now you ended up in Kansas. Is that where your family moved to? Uh, or your, no, we actually, we, we were here in Utah and then we got a singing gig down in Las Vegas. Wow. So we moved down to Las Vegas and just liked it so much. Mm. that we stayed there. Um, my husband got a job, and then babies started to come along. Yeah. And we had made a commitment when we, before we got married, we made a commitment that when we marry, we would not limit the size of our family because we had to bring down all the you spirits, know, spirits into a righteous home, yeah. and we were prepared to, to do wow. that. So. Wow. They, well, so in addition to this question or two you've had along the way, what, what kind of things happened to start making you think about the church in a different way? Well, all along the way I'd, I'd heard doctrines like the Adam-God doctrine sure, yeah. and, uh, and just different things about polygamy that we would be required to live it in the next life, even though there was a temporary and it stay on it you now. Maybe a little. Yeah, and it didn't make me doubt the church, though. I no, just thought, well, these weird. are. I'm not happy about it. Yeah. I don't want to share my husband with who knows how many other women, you know, yeah. in the eternities. But if that's the truth, I just have to accept it and, and not try to deal with it. However, along the way during those years, and I was LDS for 26 years. Yeah. I would go to my seminary teacher. I would go to uh, the bishop or the gospel doctrine teacher, or the questions. home teacher. With questions? Exactly. Or the Institute of Religion down uh, in Las Vegas. They yeah. had one close to the university. And, and I would go and I would ask questions. And, and they, were, they freely talked about it. I mean, because maybe because I asked in a way that they knew I had they a testimony of the church, yeah. you know. You weren't threatening. Or, exactly. Or, yeah. And they were pretty open about things. Well, you know, in, they'd take a volume of church leader book off the, off the library shelf and they'd say, well, Brigham Young said right here. And then they'd show me and I'd be like, well, if he said it, I mean, he's a prophet, <laughs> I guess so. So I never really did any of the research myself. It got to a point where people would just say, oh, I went through all that back when I was in college, and it because I had some concerns, and but I researched it all, and there's nothing to it. You don't have to worry. And I'd be like, "Whew! Well, I guess I don't have to worry because brother so and so did all the research, and wow. and uh, I can trust." So what his kind judgment. finally did happen? I mean, yeah, I, I know you've eventually left Mormonism. Right. So what happened? Well, um, I after I had my ninth child. And she was just um, about two years old. Uh, somebody told me about, and I didn't watch much TV. We homeschooled who had time for TV. You know, well, that's <laughs> yeah. how come I had 10 kids <laughs> with no TV. So I uh, contacted the Oprah Winfrey show because someone told me, hey, you can get on the Oprah website and they have a list of different categories of upcoming shows. And why don't you try to, to get on? It'd be fun. So... I looked and there was a frumpy clothes makeover. Well, I could do frumpy. I mean, 10 <laughs> kids, 50 pounds overweight, I wore men's pants and my husband's t-shirts. I mean, you couldn't get you any could do, frumpier. You could do frumpy. Huh? Yeah, I could do frumpy. So I signed up and I, I did a little song for, 
put the music to ball in the jack and had my daughter videotape. My husband played the piano. I get up in the morning, put my t-shirt on, <laughs> slip into my sweats that are baggy and long. <laughs> and I sent it off to Chicago and about just a couple days later, I got a phone call, and it was like, Mrs. Crookston, how would you like to come to Chicago? And I was like, yes, yes. So they flew me out there, and, wow. and, I was, and this fits into how I ended up leaving the church. It's really a God thing. It's so amazing because the night that the show aired, there was a, uh, my old enemy from high school days, she and I had both been dating my husband for mm. four years. Mm. And she was, he's eight years older than I am. So she was closer to his age and she wasn't gonna let some young thing take the man of her dreams. And so for four years there was this battle and my husband couldn't make up his mind, which one do I want? Because whoever he took, he stuck with through eternity. So it was a monumental decision. And anyway, it ended up that we both left him at the same Oh, the same week. Oh dear. <laughs> but I ended up coming back, and he yeah. married me. So all this time, you know, Becky, she got married, went off to live her own life. She got off of work early. She said her boss never let her off early. But today, they're just for whatever reason, um, her boss let her off home. She walked in the door, hit the VCR record button, and went to clean the house and everything. She came back, sat down, hit the the play button. And, and there you were. <laughs> within 30 seconds, I step out onto the stage of Oprah, and she's like, oh, my gosh, is that Tracy? Of course, I was still, you know, drop-dead gorgeous. Since, yeah, so. you know, it was 20 years before. So <laughs> she says, that is, that's Tracy. And she found out where I lived, and she yeah. looked me up, gave me a call, and she was Molly Mormon. I mean, she could do baking, kneading, yeah. sewing, no, cooking, underwater basket weaving. I mean, everything that you <laughs> would imagine that a Mormon, good Mormon would do. And she told me that she left the church. Wow. Over doctrine or what? And, well, I, I thought, aha, Heavenly Father arranged this so that I could bring her back to the fold. Oh, And okay. so I was like, well, what got you to leave? And she said, well, I just started reading the Bible. And I said, well, that's silly. The Bible's boring. How can you leave the church over reading the Bible? You know, and she says, it just was. And, and plus there were some changes in the temple ceremony and, and changes that were never supposed to take place. Those things just didn't sit well with her. And right. And she called me every weekend that whole summer. And all she could do was talk about Jesus. And I was... That's so different, isn't it? was it? different. I thought, how is this possible? She's an apostate. And, <laughs> but she was so bubbly and vibrant and just obviously in love with oh. the Lord and with Scripture. And I thought, okay, well, I've got to see what's in the New Testament. <laughs> so you started reading so the Bible. I did. I started reading it, and I didn't really... Was it so I, boring? <laughs> well, kind of. But as I got went through the four Gospels, which yeah. I liked, I mean, yeah. because it was centered on, on Jesus, but yeah. I didn't see anything in there that was would make somebody leave the church yeah and so i went on a we went on a walk and my husband said well you know if the church wasn't true would you want to know and i thought about it and i said no <laughs> i wouldn't want to know if because the church if true. the church is not true i don't want to know wow because it's the best thing out there, and if that's not true, then what is? Because all you hear yeah. in the church over and over again is that it's, it's either the Mormon church, the Catholic church, or nothing. Yeah. And I knew the Catholic church wasn't right. So, so uh, it was only a f about a month after he asked me that 
that I had a change of heart. What Be happened? Well, I, I heard, I, I read some document about some woman who was excommunicated from the church, and it was just her story of, she saw a vision of her dead sister who appeared to her and told her some things, and yeah. she still had a testimony of, of Mormonism, yeah. but she was excommunicated because she was going around telling everyone this yeah. vision that she had. And, and I thought, okay, there's something wrong here because here's this one woman who was excommunicated and she's having spiritual experiences. Here's Becky who, and <laughs> who left the church voluntarily <laughs> and she's having spiritual experiences and then there's people in the ward and you know good faithful Mormons who are having all these spiritual experiences how is it possible somebody is being deceived? Yeah. I wonder if it's me, you know, and I still didn't think it was, but yeah. I was open enough to say, I need to find out. So did you start studying then? I more? did. I, I started studying. I, I came across a quote by Brigham Young that said, essentially, paraphrase, if I should find my, one of my wives whom I love so dearly in bed with my brother, I would put a javelin through both their hearts and be able to stand before God with clean hands because some sins, like adultery, aren't covered by the atonement of Christ and they would have to pay for that sin with their own blood. Isn't that a shocking and, uh, concept it is. That in, in Mormonism that not all sins are paid for by right. Christ? Christ isn't enough. Right. We have to work our way for salvation. Yeah. Plus some sins aren't covered. So it, it was shocking to me, but my first thought was, whoever wrote this, they're misquoting President Young, these darn anti-Mormons, I'm going to prove them wrong, you know. So I, I went down the ward list and, and kept calling people until I found someone who had the full set of the Journal of Discourses. And you went and looked them and up. And I went and I looked up that quote and I, I used 2020 vision, you know, read the 20 pages before and 20 pages after and to make sure everything was in context. And that was the beginning of the end for me. Wow. And I, I just, the last well, straw was finding out that, um, well, I knew Joseph Smith was a polygamist. It's not talked about much, but yeah, I knew it. Yeah. But when I found documentation, which I substantiated on the official LDS genealogical website, that, that 11 of his wives were married to <laughs> other men. I know. And I thought, okay, this is not a true prophet of God. Yeah. Because with as, as much as the church stresses the sanctity of marriage and everything, and here's some guy who's taking some other man's wife and saying, God told me, I thought, no, your hormones told you. <laughs> well, Tracy, our time unbelievably is just zoomed by. Can you give us an idea of your testimony now of Jesus and mm -hmm. what he means to you? And, and also, you wanted to share just a little bit of a book you've written. Yes, I... Because I, you've, uh, you've actually... You're, she, Tracy's speaking out quite strongly about her trip, her, her journey from Mormonism to Christianity, and so this is a book that this, uh, you're this in is process a book of writing. That I've just got a couple chapters left, and the cover's been done, and I've got someone who's going to publish, and it's called Mormonism, The Matrix, and Me. And if you go to the website Mormonism and Me, you can read about it. But <laughs> it's it's not just a book to bash the church; is it's to show people that, that you know, there is a first difference. of all, Mormons are wonderful people. Yeah. They're not these weird weirdos out there. So I'm hoping but that comes across. But they're blind. Yes. 
And I'm hoping that uh, Mormons who read it will see that ex-Mormons aren't these darkened, horrible individuals who are just these, you know, mean-spirited. And I hope that they can see the angst in my journey of coming out of Mormonism. And the most important thing is that Jesus is real. And that's the message that I want to give to Latter-day Saints. It matters what you think about Jesus because there are false gospels, there are false Jesuses. You've got different religions claiming Jesus to be different things, but there is no salvation in a false gospel. There is no hope in a false Christ. So I would encourage you to do the research. Don't, I mean, yes, go to your LDS leaders. I'm not going to tell you not to, but look at the other side too. Don't just take their word for it. Look up references, look up sources, and especially if they yourself. don't have answers. It's exactly. Yeah. Or they, they probably are as in the dark as because I was one mm-hmm. of those leaders for a while. I would have been one trying to answer right. a question, and my eyes were blind. So yeah, and I was Relief Society president when I left the church. Were you really? And, and that really decimated the the ward, as you can imagine. But I realized. Would you do anything different? I mean, as far as. You're, you're grateful you left, I you found Christ. I am so Christ. thankful, even though I, I lost my friends, uh, people who claimed to be my friends who would no longer associate with me, um, I found hope in Christ. I, I've Freedom got and the peace. peace that passes all understanding. Isn't that wonderful? And, and it's founded on evidence, not just touchy-feely feelings. And it's not that God can't use feelings. Right. He does, but that's not the yardstick that you measure truth by. You know, yeah. The, the you Bible's can, trustworthy. The Bible, and... there's archaeological evidence, historical evidence, fulfilled prophecies. I mean, it's exciting, and you can have an exciting now, life in Christ. Now too. you understand your, the enthusiasm your friend had exactly. about about Jesus and the Bible. Mm-hmm. Tracy, thanks so much for coming all the way from Kansas. We appreciate your coming and, and sharing with us. You're a sweet lady. And uh, folks, please remember you're choosing between the gospel of Joseph Smith and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good night. See you next week. This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an Ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Thank you.